This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. My name is Lucas, I got my co-host here, Jonathan, and we are here to bring you Sixers news because there's plenty to talk about today, right Jonathan? Yeah, as always, man. I mean, not always good, but plenty to talk about for sure. So let's just jump right in. We obviously had two games since we last talked. The We did get a win in one of them, which is good. Broke a four-game losing streak. We beat the Jazz 127 to 124. On the injury report, we still had Embiid, Melton, and Batum, three starters, and Robert Covington and Marcus Morris Sr. is out with plantar fasciitis. So, look, we got the win by three points. What was the good here? I mean, we beat a team that was under 500, so we did what we <laughs> yeah. were supposed to do. So we that's beat my good. Jazz. Yeah, the Jazz, who you were so hot on early on, now have been struggling as of late. Yeah. The uh, six, you know, I mean, I could, I mean, Tyrese Maxey had a 50 point game. That's, that's the good. Yeah. I mean, Tobias, uh, you know, second player in franchise. I mean, second, the first guard to do that in back to back, you know, having multiples in one season since Allen Iverson. So that's pretty elite company to be in. But outside of that, I mean, Tobias Harris is, I would say, the only other bright spot here with 28 points. What about you? Yeah, look, you hit the two good players. Uh, those are the guys that played the best on the team, obviously. And we shot well, 50% from the field, 44 from the three, and 90 from the line. I mean, we took 94 shots. That's an insane amount of possessions. But paying a, playing a quick brand of basketball. But, I, yeah, two players played really well. We kept the turnovers low. Only four turnovers shot really well. It's just tough. Like we were talking a little bit before the podcast. It's just kind of tough to – get wins in the league when you're losing, when you don't have your MVP player, you need 51 for Maxi, even when you're shooting well. So uh, definitely good to come out with the win at least, but what was the bad? I mean, you could look at the fact that um, you're back up, you're starting a backup center now without Joel combined for 11 points, 19 rebounds and five block shots. I mean, but they only shot a combined five of sixteen from the field. So yeah, not not look. You're you, and we'll talk about it this more later. But like clearly the now without Joel, there really isn't a great option there at center. So we we got to definitely look other avenues there. But yeah, I I would say that that was probably the most disappointing fact. Is this is the fact that. Not not necessarily that they didn't score a lot, but how inefficient they were. Yeah, and we played, like, pretty good defense, I was going to say, all in all. But we put them at the foul line 25 times. Lots of fouls that, I don't know, ticky-tack didn't need to happen. But I just think 
this game was a lot of the NBA this year. It's just like offense, offense, offense. But I just think the Sixers do have a defensive identity if they really do try. But we haven't been seeing it much this year. And yeah, it's it's different without Embiid, but let up a lot of points for sure. So who's who's going to be your player of the game? I mean, it's easy. It's Maxi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I knew you were going to take Maxi, so I just thought I could give a quick plug on Harris. Like we like when he shoots well. He went zero from five from three. That yeah, was that's tough. But take that out, and he went thirteen to sixteen from two point range. So again, efficient shooting from uh, from not three, which which is always good, but not a great three point night for him. So why don't we hit the next game? Yeah, the next game for sure. That was a home game against the Nets. The homecoming of Ben Simmons, which. Filled the airs with booze, which might have been the highlight of the night. The Sixers lost 136 to 121. But let's be real. That was just thanks to bench score, you know, end of the bench scoring by guys like uh, Turk Smith and Ricky Council, Jaden Springer at the end of the game. Like this game was well out of hand. It wasn't even close. It, It was a blowout. But let's let's, you know, in terms of players out, we Joel obviously was not there. Neither was DeAnthony Melton. Tobias Harris was out. Nicholas Batum and Robert Covington. Yeah. So what what was the good for you in this game? I mean, it's it's tough. It's just hard to evaluate a team. I think we're going to keep coming back to it without Embiid. This team plays through Embiid. That's their offensive identity. He is their defensive identity. He's the city's identity for this team. So when you don't have that, it's hard to find some good and like. And you don't really want to pick apart this team because this isn't a team that was built to win without him. So I think the good, though, if you're trying to just pick a few from the stats, five turnovers is not a lot. Only two from the starters. And that just shows that they were taking care of the ball. That's kind of how to keep how you can keep yourself in a game like this. The Nets had 10 turnovers, so we forced a few and, and we shot well again. So I'd probably say those were the good for me. How about you? Okay. I'll say the good one for me was Trey Quavion Smith, 17 points, nine minutes, shot five of six from three-point line, which is the main reason why our team three-point percentage was that good, because otherwise it it wasn't. Yeah. Outside of that, you know, got a little bit of K.J. Martin, got a little bit of Ricky Council and Jaden Springer, got to see the young guy. Look, it's nice. it was a good game to showcase the young talent in case we make a trade for, for somebody later down the road, but... Outside of that, there really wasn't a good game. Yeah, I'm just going to give it to the end of the bench, guys. That was the good in the game, seeing them actually step up. Even Moss had 10 points. Yep. Yeah, and if you're looking at the bad, I mean, you're getting only two starters at double-digit points. And I, I realize that four of those players are not normal starters. We only had one normal starter in Tyrese Maxey, but... I, it's just tough. Like you're trying to piece mismatch some things together and you don't really have much offense besides Maxi Newbray, who honestly didn't shoot great. They shot 11 of 37. That's really not too great, but I think they were trying to force certain things because felt like they were the only offense on the field or on the floor that we had tonight. So didn't love that. We got out rebounded the minus nine uh, against the, like the nets were plus nine against us. So not great on the glass, which I think is going to lead to a conversation we're going to have later in the, in the show, but that's my bad. How about you? I mean, everything here. I mean, Morris, you know, clearly is still struggling. I don't know why Daniel House is in the starting five. You yeah. only take one three-point attempt. Like, what are you doing, dude? Paul Reed was horrendous. He was getting out-hustled by Nick Claxton. And if you're not going to hustle Paul Reed, then what are you doing in there? 
It's just, mm-hmm. it's a shame. It's a shame. Maxie sh- sh- had 23 points, but on 23 shots. He did do well from the three-point line, three of eight, but still just not, not what you need. Kelly Oubre was horrendous. He only had 16 point co- points because of 10 free throw attempts. It was, it was just a bad. It was bad. It was lethargic. And the team looked like they were just they this looked like they just weren't even trying at some points, you know, so just it was bad. And, you know, the thing is, like when when a guy like Ben Simmons comes back, he didn't even attempt to. You know what that is? I'm going to go back to the good. That was a good Ben Simmons didn't even try to shoot. He was so scared. Fourteen minutes, no shots. He had five assists. That, that, That was probably the win for the Sixers there is that Ben Simmons looked like a scaredy cat. So that 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 was. Yes. But look, I mean, the Nets are 20 and 28. This is not good. This is like, like, I get that we're missing two out of our three top scores. And like, we're also missing some key role players. But like, come on, we got to do better than this, guys. We got to. And it's, it's concerning. It really is. But let, yeah. let me ask you, who, who's your player of the game? In this? Sorry, go ahead, Jonathan. No, I'm gonna, I'll give you my player of the game, but and then I'll ask yours. And I, but I got a question with it. So um, I'm going to say we got. I think this is one of the games where we got to go opposing team player of the game. Cam Thomas, I thought was probably the player of the game. He was lighting us up, five of eleven from three, fourteen of twenty six from the field, put up forty. So I'm going to give it to the opposing team. So when I, I want to know who your player of the game is, but I also wanted to get your take. On that, did you see a report come out for what the Nets were asking for for Bridges? No, I didn't. What were they asking? All right, so it says this was like a quote. I don't know exactly where it came from, but it said Bridges is the most prized asset and new face of the franchise, considered all but untouchable. Sources revealed that Brooklyn rejected four first round picks last season from the Memphis Grizzlies, and their regard for the 27 year old wing has only grown. If the Houston Rockets were willing to return the remainder of the draft assets that the Nets gave up for James Harden, the Nets would answer no. Wow. That's wild. Wild. Okay. Well, first off, I think you're overvaluing Mikel Bridges just slightly. Well, I think wildly. Yeah. Look, I mean, he's he's probably that third guy on a championship team in all realism. Like, he's not a go-to scorer, not, not consistently. Um, you know, I thought that maybe he'd have a leap this year. He hasn't had the leap that I thought he would. He's he's a good third guy. And four first round picks for him, I'd trade him for that. He's twenty seven too. Like he's not he's not like 21. you can build around him. Like I mean and I get I get it. You don't wanna especially because it's still the same front office that made the Harden trade. You don't wanna tank. You, but you, you don't can wanna... get back. You can get back the Harden stuff and you say no. I mean, if you can get it back, then I don't, I don't get what you're doing there. But like, yeah, you're not going to be able if can't if Mikael Bridges is your best player, you're you're a playing team, you are, and you have no real avenue to get better because I mean the the picks that you got for Kevin Durant are not going to be that great. Same thing for the other pick that they got from for the Sixers. Ben Simmons is definitely not going back to All Star form. I think that's safe to say. So. Really, what you're asking for here, you're, what you're saying is, I'm okay with being mediocre as long as our picks don't turn into Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum or whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, because that happened to them, and I understand that fear, but at the same time, 
look, if you can get your, you know, then you can tank and do it properly. And you still have some young guys that, look, if I'm the Nets, I would be sellers. But that's that doesn't seem to be the case. This is the pod probably, this is the second to last pod that we'll have before the trade deadline. But in all realism, they're not going anywhere. They, they're no. below five. They're, they're eight games below 500. Like, what, is Ben Simmons going to be the magical key that gets you back to 500? No. And are you really happy being 500? I bet not. I, they shouldn't be. I, and, you know, the thing is, me and you were optimistic, uh, optimistic about them, but are they even in the play-in right now? Uh, mm, let me see real quick. I would say that they're probably in the play-in. They are – oh, no, they are uh, the 11 seed behind the Hawks okay. a game and a half. Okay, okay. So there's that, but also going back to this thing, and we'll get more into this stuff later. This this could be around an NBA thing, but my player of the game is uh, Turk Smith, uh, Smith easily. I mean, look. There you go. I think he needs to get a little bit more playing time. That's all I'm going to say, because he can shoot. And what's the one thing we need, guy? What, what's the one thing we need, Jonathan? Shooting. Shooting, yeah. Bring a, let, him, let him cook a little bit more. Why not? You have all these injuries. If I'm Nick Nurse, I'm experimenting. I get that he's small and he can't defend, but what's the point of playing? First off, nobody can defend right now on this team. Secondly, you got to have shooting from somewhere. So, that being said, Jonathan, let's go to the main topic of today. Yep, dun, dun, dun. So, Joel Embiid obviously got injured in the Golden State game. Uh, he, We saw Jonathan Kaminga jump on his knee. We were unsure exactly what it was. The reporting is saying that the MRI showed a displaced meniscus, which you and I were both uh, unsure that that was a thing, um, which we can talk about a little bit. But first up, we're going to talk about they the Sixers did not put uh, Embiid and haven't. Sorry, let me say that again. The Sixers did not have any injury designation for Joel Embiid going into the game against Denver. And since he was questionable, he needed to be on in some capacity, having him with no injury designation and then him not playing was clearly not appropriate. The Sixers were fined $75,000 for him not being on the injury report. Seems like a steep fine, and it is because the Sixers are repeat offenders with this. So what are your thoughts on the fine? We deserved it. Yeah. It's we deserved flat it. Out. Yeah. We deserved it. Okay, you yeah, have I to have him on the, on the injury. Look, this is – this is look, they – I – they did it to themselves. I have no sympathy. This is not a, uh, yeah, that, that's how yeah, I, like, do. I don't even know why if you're thinking like, oh, maybe if you put him on the injury report, people are already, already going to start like chirping and talking about like ducking him, but it doesn't matter. He's clearly injured in some capacity. He needs to be on the injury report. And what are your thoughts on the displaced meniscus? <sighs> Never heard of it. Don't know exactly what that, that means. And I you mean, you know what, I'll look it up right now, but I've never heard of that. But I can imagine how painful it is because I'm walking on a slightly torn meniscus right now. And it's some days it's not very much fun at all. But look, it's I guess I don't know. It sounds like they, they it could be treated through therapy or surgery. Um, we'll find that. But what a, what a, I, I, I guess is better than a, than a tear. I don't know. I mean, I've, I Googled it and it sounds like a displaced tear like a displaced meniscal tear. So it, like, I think the word tears in there and they're just not saying it. Uh, 
Because, yeah, you're and I both, neither of us are medical doctors, obviously, but we should just reiterate that. But to understand, like, the meniscus sits between the knee. We've both torn our meniscus. It sits between the knee joint and provides cushion. And we've both had tears, and it depends, like, how bad the tear is, like, where it is and all that stuff. But if it's, as we're understanding, displaced, it just sounds like it shifted somehow. Not really sure how that would happen. Uh, But who knows? And I am afraid it's going to be a... uh, surgical thing but if that's the case or even if it's not just right now what are you are you thinking that the Sixers season is lost based on just a, the slew of injuries specifically to Embiid recently well I think Embiid's the key here because I expect the other guys to get back eventually yeah I, I, I think you're right I I think that it depends on how long it takes for Joel to get back and honestly and I, this might not be a popular thing that I'm about to say here, but if if Joel Embiid were to get injured, this might have been the best time for it to happen. Let me explain. We have complained for years that Joel is never healthy entering the playoffs. And let's just say this this thing he ha, let's just say he he he's out for six to eight weeks, right? Where does that put us at? End of March, beginning of April, right? Yeah. So he gets the last few games of the regular season to get into shape. And then he starts to play offs healthy. Yeah, I just that. So I'm with you that in I almost think that they should shut him down, even if he's not shut down for the end of the regular season. But then maybe you're right. Get a couple regular season games under your belt to get back into the competitive spirit. But I'm just nervous that this just like may be longer than that. I, I don't know. I, know I mean, it, look, it, I guess it's just because cause we still don't have a clear plan of attack. We were supposed to. They haven't had given it yet. We don't know what the clear, clear plan of attack for this is in terms of recovery and treatment. But uh, like I said, if it is what I, what I think it is, which will be six to eight weeks, then if I'm the Sixers, I just let him play the last two or three regular season games. Not enough, but just enough to get into game shape because game shape is important. We know that. And then, bam, he's ready for the playoffs. This takes him out right. the running for a lot of awards, but at this point, we don't need the awards. We need a championship. All right. So, yes. You think that you're, – so you're thinking six to eight weeks. All right. So based on if – I guess whether or not we know what it's going to be, don't you think it's sh- – like we should have found out by now? This has been almost a week, and there's yeah. like no clear – like they can say they're like weighing their options or Nick Nurse less like yesterday was like, oh, we're still like figuring things out. It's like, what is going on? Like, well, I mean, he's seven foot one, almost 300 pounds. Like it's going to be hard to figure out how to best, best approach it. Is it surgery or is it just, you know, external treatment that that's a hard thing to figure out for a guy that size for me and you we're right. like, well, you're six foot on five, 10. Like that's not a big, that's not a big stretch for us to make the decision. Okay, fair. Well, yeah. all right. So, with this in mind, what do you think Philly should or will do at the trade deadline? Because we are now four days away, so I expect things to start heating up. Look, I think it's pretty clear that we, if we're gonna try to survive without Joel, we cannot continue with Paul Reed as as his backup slash fill in starter. That's just not. It does not work. Does not work. He is not. Look, I love Paul Reed, and I, you know what? I said this to a friend the other day. I don't say it to you now here on the podcast. Paul Reed is the best third string center in the NBA. If that okay, makes sense. Yes. 
He's an okay backup, but he should not be getting starter minutes or playing a starter role. He cannot handle playing against these starting level centers. They're too strong, too physical, and they will beat him up. We've seen it. Now, he has the one exception game against Jokic, which is fine. That cool. Great, Paul Reed. You don't do that nearly enough. We see more times where you go two of five, two of seven, have like four points, six, seven rebounds, and the team crashes the glass against us, you know, offensively. So, like, we need to do something different. And I've already said this before. I'll say this again. Andre Drummond, ideal backup for Joel Embiid moving forward. I say we get Drummond and never allow him to leave Philly again as long as Joel's here. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I think like a lot of the people being talked about at the trade deadline are front court, or I mean backcourt players. Like the only, I, I feel like Drummond's the only guy, but he's also kind of like you're saying, the perfect guy. And I got to give you credit. You've been saying this for a while, even before Embiid was hurt, that that could be a good thing to bring back. So that's a great call by you. Yeah. I I know we both think they need shooting. Who knows if they'll give Turk Smith a few more opportunities to get out there. But I think in this scenario that a big has kind of surpassed the need for uh, more shooting because who knows what's going to happen with Embiid. And we're saying we're seeing M- Maxi and the rest of this team, like no pun intended, just max out and they yeah. are barely can barely beat teams or not win. So we need a serviceable big in the backup. Role. And, and here, here, here is a. Um... Here's a name to throw out here. Not not just as a center, but, you know, not we don't need just a center. We might need somebody to help pick up the scoring slack, too. Because I don't think we have the necessary players to do that. Now, I was thinking maybe Zach Levine, prior to him being out for, yeah. what, what is it now now? Like, what is it, four to six weeks? Yeah. So he's out. So Zach Levine's off the table. But you could make a trade for Drummond and DeMar DeRozan and get that supplemental scoring that you need. Okay. Yeah, I think you got to engage the Bulls. And I think I'm sure Murray to, is. Look, if I can get – if I don't have to give up Tobias, which I don't think I do, you don't give up Tobias, you get – You probably have to give up Cove. Yeah, Covington, Morris, and probably a young player or two, which is fine. Well, you know, we can send them uh, Paul Reed. I don't care. Um – Send them one or two young players. And the thing is, with DeMar being on an expiring contract, you could probably only have to send that that 2026 pick. You probably only have to send that one first-round pick, the one that's going to be the lesser of whatever three teams is there, right? So yeah. if I'm the Sixers, I'm going hard for those two. And then if you still want to – I don't know if you have the salaries to make it up. Probably not. But, I mean, if you can get another point guard, that's cool. But if not, not not the end of the world. Um, but, look, DeMar DeRozan, closer, is becoming more willing of a three-point shooter at this point of his career. It's not a great one, but an okay one. Uh, you really get him to help supplement the scoring. And then 
when Joel comes back, he's a guy that you can throw the ball to late in the fourth quarter to close. So that's 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 what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, could be good to have a closer. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, that's my thought. But and, and one more thing, this might actually be good for Maxi without Joel because we complained in the past that Maxi hasn't been able to create his own offense consistently at a high level, an efficient level. Now Maxi might not have a choice. And this might help yeah. the Sixers out when it comes to playoff time, too. So keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's just what I think. Yeah, so let's. Uh, another thing, obviously, coming up besides the trade deadline is the All Star game, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Maxi's first All Star game. Hoot, hoot, holler, holler. Congratulations. Congrats. Probably going to have more than just one. But. That's not who we're talking about here. We're actually going to be talking about former Sixers head coach, Doc Rivers. Now, he recently got hired to become the Bucks' new head coach. Have they even won a game with him yet? They have. Okay, so they won one out of three, right? So that's that's not yeah. a good start for him. But do you, first, before we get into the main thing here, do you think he's going to th- turn things around in Milwaukee, or do you think they're just a lost cause anyway? I think they're... Oh, well, I was going to say top three, but honestly, the Knicks are really good. I, I think Knicks. they're a top four. Yeah, I think they're a top four regular season team. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to get a home field or home court. But I do not think they're going to succeed in the playoffs. I mean, there seemed to be something you were saying it, too. Like you said this earlier in the season as well. There seems to be something off. And I don't think adding Doc Rivers is the answer, but I don't think they're going to turn it around to you. No, nah, no, nah, I think they need an off season so that they can get some guys in there that can actually defend. Well, but we'll see what happens. But you know what's really interesting about Doc going to Milwaukee is that so he Adrian Griffin was supposed to be the coach of the All Star Game because the Bucks are second in the East, and usually it's the team with the top uh, the head coach with the top team in the respective conference. But apparently, you alerted me to the rule that they can't do it two years in a row. So that means it goes to the second place team, which is the course. The Bucks right now. Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, so that means it's not Adrian Griffin, it's Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers said that he didn't think that it was fair and he'd probably be sending his check to the to Adrian Griffin as well as maybe sending his, maybe having one of his assistants do it, not him because he doesn't feel right doing it. He might just take a mini vacation. What is your reaction to all that? Yeah, I mean I'm assuming the mini vacation was a joke because he's I mean, yeah. Not yeah. So look, I think giving the check to Adrian Griffin is correct because you're one and three, your team got there absolutely on Griffin's shoulders. Even if he's not the best coach or the right coach for them, he's the coach that got this team to have the coach selected as an all-star. So I think they should send him the check in terms of coaching. I don't know. He, he said he'd talk to Adam Silver and figure something out. I think Adam Silver, we know is a reasonable guy and he'd probably do something. Maybe you let whoever the interim coach was like, I forget what his name was, uh, but he coached like three games when uh, they were switching from Griffin to Doc. Maybe he can coach, or maybe you just give it to who's in third, the uh, the sixth now. It's the Cavs. Maybe you give it to, oh, who's their coach? Is it J.B. Bickerstaff? Um, I don't Cavs? know. Uh, no, it, it would be third place, which would be Tibbs. Yeah, it's the Cavs. No, the Cavs yeah. aren't third. No, oh, Cavs are in third. I thought Tibbs, I thought the Knicks were okay. So yeah, but, yeah. Big, I don't. I don't think Doc should coach it. And I think, as he said, the um, checks should go somewhere else. But maybe that's just the way it falls this year. Do you think that he should coach it? 
by letter of the law, yes. Is it weird? Yeah. Absolutely. But it's not like he has never um, done an all-star game before. So, you know, shouldn't be that big of a deal. Shouldn't be. But yeah. actually, before we get... And I can't believe I forgot to put this in the agenda because I know we didn't do this last time. We got to talk about the All Star reserves and talk about the snubs, right? Oh yeah, we should. We should. Yes. So I'm going to go ahead and read off the Eastern Conference reserves and the Western Conference reserves. We'll break down the West first, and then we'll come back to the East. Okay. So the Eastern Conference reserves is Bam Adebayo, Paolo Bencaro, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell. Julius Randle. All right. In the West, you have, and I think this is going to be the more spicy one, Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Carl Anthony Towns. So let's break down the West first. Who are the uh, snubs? I can think of a few. Here's our rule, though. I think we can say players are snubs, but I think we have to say if you're going to actually commit to someone being a true snub, you have to take someone off. Fair. Uh, Absolutely. Okay, so I think there are a number of, like, quote-unquote snubs. They had a case for the All-Star game. Okay. But, like, based on who's here, I'm okay with generally everyone here. I still think there's a lot of debate that could happen. But the true snub, I think Cat over Sabonis is wild. I, I think I, I agree. I agree, yeah. yeah. Like Sacramento's, top, like Sacramento's a top, like I get Five. Sacramento, like, you know, I get the idea of Mo- uh, the Timberwolves getting to because they're number one. But at the same time, like the, it just like but this that, comes with the thing of like, you understand completely LeBron and Anthony Davis going, but yes. the ninth seeded team getting two players and the fifth seeded team getting none. The Here's the other thing. You have a team with the 11th spot in the Warriors getting Steph Curry. And I get that it's Steph Curry. I get it. But they're 11th in the West. Yeah. The only other thing I was going to say is if people are like, I think Kat and Sabonis is for sure. I don't, I think there's a few people who have an argument for one other spot. And if I was going to remove someone, it may be Paul George, but I'm okay with the rest of this. Do you have anyone besides Sabonis that you would make an actual swap for? I, I think I've already hinted towards it here. I, I look, I get that it's Steph Curry. I really, really wow. do. I get it. You would and take I get Steph that. off the all-star team? I know it's a hot take here, but at the end of the day, like his team is 11th. Team's eleven. Yeah, yeah. His team's eleventh, and like you yep. can make the case that Anthony Davis shouldn't be on there either, because like you said, they're they're ninth. But at least like, look, Fox is averaging like twenty eight. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm guesstimating here. We're like twenty and seven, twenty and eight. I mean twenty six uh, and eight or twenty. I don't know. It's a lot of. He's averaging like, you know, you we we talk about all these point guards in the East, but the, the West. Has some really good point guards. Fox. Yeah. I mean, the people who are left off, obviously, Fox, Kyrie, and Jamal Murray. I mean, I'm not even thinking about Jamal Murray. He's averaging only 21 and 7. That's whatever. And, that's yeah. that's not good enough in the West anymore. But, like, Kyrie, yeah. Lowry Marketing, okay. We talk yeah. about, I mean, even Rudy Gobert. You could make the case that Rudy Gobert is better than Carl Anthony Towns. All like, right, so is anyone on the West injured? 
Anybody on the West that's injured? Uh, not I don't to my think knowledge at the moment, right? Yeah, I not don't to think my so. knowledge, but I mean, is Paul George, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis is all there? So who knows? So now, all right, so let's hit the East. So the East, yeah. you know, kudos to Tyrese. He's our only other All Star on this team. Tobias isn't even close this year. So. Let's look. Is there any snubs here that we see? I, I honestly think they got it right. Okay, because I fully agree uh, with you as well. I think the three first-time All-Stars and Maxi, Brunson, and Paolo are all yeah, deserving. Absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, I don't think there's anyone left off. I think I was even trying to, like, look for snubs, like Google, and see what they had I mean, to say. there's it's somebody like that Porzingis. has a case. Porzingis. It's like Porzingis. I would say Porzingis and Jared Allen have the two strongest cases here. And Trey Young. That's true. Trey Young, I guess. Oh, Trey Young's not on the list. No, he's not. I yeah. I, I don't think Trey Young's an all-star, though. I think he's an empty calories player. That's just my yeah. opinion. But look, I mean, if you want to give Boston another all-star, then Porzingis. It's not Derek White. JJ. JJ Redick. It is not Derek White. Get over yourself. Okay. Yeah. So this is not a Kyle Korver 2015 thing, okay? Yeah, so, I think so. I think they got it right. Yeah, I think they got it right, but there are going to be two injury replacements because Randall and Joel are going to be out. So what about Pascal? Be? Pascal. Hmm. He I started the season maybe... slow. He started the season so, slow. All right. So you're maybe, yeah, you're right. Two injury replacements. Maybe you're going to get the chair down and Porzingis. Then again, it's even more perfect. There's no really yeah. need to have too much argument. Maybe Trey young, but I guess not. Right. Cause they're doing it by front court, back court. I, I would assume. I mean, I, I don't even know who would be the the replacement. Is is the replacement automatically the starter, or do you choose out of your bench? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I think I think Porzingis. Uh, look, I we'll see, we'll see. I I think they got it right here. I mean, I don't really see much argument for anybody else. Do you? No. I mean, we got. No. I mean, like I said, Trey Young, maybe, maybe, but like. The Nets certainly don't have anybody. I mean, Mikhail Bridges is good, but not that good. I I think this is good. I mean, I'm not really, like I said, kudos to Tyrese. Kudos to yeah. Jalen Brunson. I still think Brunson should be a starter. I really do. Maybe they think, can do that. I don't know. No, they can't. I don't think so. But, but like, look. Yeah, this The East seems right. The West, you could argue. But, like, the West is just so deep. It's so, so deep. Someone was joking. Obviously, this can't happen, but someone was joking that you should give the two uh, injury spots in the East to players in the West. I mean, how upset would we be? I wouldn't. I'm sure I, I, the players we were just talking about would be. I mean, yeah, but not our players, not our problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. Well, let's get to around the NBA. Yeah, let's. All right. So. I don't have much to talk about. I'll just hit on a few and send it to you. Uh, yeah, so we were talking about the Jazz at the beginning. They Sixers had to have a Herculean effort from Maxi. We had a lot of people sitting out, and they beat the Jazz. The Jazz are on a three-game losing streak. They're stalling, but I actually do still think – I mean, they're in the 10 spot. I think they'll find a way into a play-in, but I'm not too uh, high on them. An interesting thing, though, about the West is we're talking about the all-star coach. It obviously hasn't been decided yet. Mike Malone was it last year. So right now, OKC and Minnesota are tied. So it would be Mark Dagnall and – I actually don't know who the Timberwolves coach is. 
It's Chris, it's Chris Finch. Finch. Yeah, Chris yeah. Finch. And, and or Ty Lue, they're a game back, and then Denver's a half game back, but they can't have it. So three coaches still up for grabs. Uh, it, it would kind of be cool to see. I think Ty Lue's done it before. It might be cool to see OKC or Minnesota. I think if uh, Chris was on the pod, he'd be pushing for Mark Dagnon, okay? Oh, yeah, we know that. Yeah. Um, and the only thing I wanted to talk about in the East is, I mean, not too in-depth. Maybe you'll talk a little bit more about them. But the two hottest teams in the whole NBA right now are the Knicks and Cavs, which does not help because the Sixers were in the three spot. And they fall into the five. They're still four games ahead of the Magic in sixth. And, uh, I mean, you hope they don't drop the Magic on a three-game win streak, though. So who knows? But, uh, yeah, New York is blowing Wagner, up. is finally back for the Magic. And I think they're oh, finally that makes healthy sense. again. Yeah, yeah. So is Wendell Carter. Um, yeah, I think Magic Orlando is finally healthy again, so they they should start stacking up the wins. Yeah, and uh, New York's not won nine in a row, and then just lost their most recent game. But Cleveland, I think, is a real interesting team. They're three in the in the East. They're only a game behind the Bucks, so the Bucks are kind of falling. Boston's got a four game game clear of everyone else, but I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting in the uh, two through two through five spot for the East, which is huge because that can determine uh, who. Like who you're going to play in your path to the finals. So yeah, but that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about. How about you? I mean, look, we go to Cleveland. I've said it before. I said it again. I don't think that Evan Mobley should be there anymore. I think they're better without him. I really do. Okay. I, I think that you need to trade him. You can trade him and Karis LeVert for a really good wing if you wanted to do that, or just trade him and get a solid role player back. Like, and some picks probably. So yeah, look, if I'm if I'm Cleveland, I'm definitely looking to trade him. Orlando, they're starting to look good. Here's the next big tr- superstar trade I want to see happen in the NBA. I want to see Trey Young go to the Orlando Magic. Wow. I, I think that would be the perfect fit. Let me explain okay. why. He's not he would not be the best player on that team. He would not be the second best player on that team. He'd be the third best player. He'd be allowed to orchestrate the offense, and Bancaro and Wagner are so good that he can't dominate the ball there. Okay. I could see see it. I think that would make Orlando very scary. And if I'm Orlando, you, you have the assets to get him. And I think Atlanta needs a fresh start. I, I think they do too. And I don't think, you know, trading Murray to the Magic would work because I don't I think Murray's too close to what they already have. And Orlando needs shooting bad, so that is yeah. that's my thought behind it. So there there's that. Interesting to see that that despite Indiana and Miami making big moves, they're still in the plan. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I think Indiana will sneak into the like a six spot. I know Orlando's Where? turned it around. Where? I mean, what? Be Orlando? Okay, maybe. Maybe they're tied right now. But yeah, no. Or you it know, is interesting. Yeah, because Miami in the last ten games they're three and seven. And uh, granted, they've won two of their their last two games, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on here. Look, the back of the East is pretty horrendous. Look, I mean, Orlando's lucky that like. Brooklyn, Toronto decided to tank. Brooklyn has been underachieving offensively. So, look, if if I'm if if I'm Atlanta, I'm very happy that I'm still in the play. And at this point, yeah. Um, Detroit, 
Detroit needs to trade some something. I don't know. They need to do something. You know, I wouldn't mind Bogdanovich in Philly. Just just saying that. Um, I know. I wonder if they're going to move him. He doesn't seem I, to be like fitting right now. I, I'll say that. Uh, that that'll be interesting. I think. And by the way, I was wrong earlier when I said you know Golden State was eleventh. They're actually twelfth. Oh. They're twelfth. They are a whole game behind Utah for the for the tenth seed, but there are three wins behind them for that one. So that's that's interesting. There, they're three games behind in the win column. So like, that's interesting. There, um, you know, yeah. like I said, I don't. I get that as Steph Curry. I really do, and I get that he's still putting up numbers, but. How do we feel about getting would if it was anybody else? Would we give a guy who's averaging 28 points on a team that is 21 and 25 in the 12th spot uh, a spot in on an all star team? Pro- probably not. He, okay, but... that's, that's that's the answer is that. Like, I, I get okay. that he's Steph Curry, but special treatment only gets you so much, yeah. And if we're going with that, then I also go back and say that maybe Anthony Davis should not be on that team. Because, like, okay, let's look at this here. Okay, so he only has one all-star. They're they're tied for first. Denver only has one all-star. Sacramento has no all-stars. That's crazy. Pelicans have no all-stars. Dallas only has one all-star. Utah has no all-stars. Houston, who's ahead of the Golden State Warriors, have no all-stars. So where's the fair in all this? There isn't. Okay, then. There there we go. That's, that's the answer there. That's the answer. So Anthony Davis and Steph Curry need to be off the team just based off of principle. Is there you go. Team? You changed a few more. Like, if, you're, if we're not going to give it to – if we're not going to give – like, New Orleans, I mean, like, I get that nobody's really shined, but if you're going to award them for being seventh and a 28-21 and 21 record, then give it to Brandon Ingram. I get that Zion hasn't given it. That's fine. Brandon Ingram's been an all-star before. Sacramento, fifth in the West, 29-19. No all-stars? No respect, man. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree the Kings got disrespected. Yeah, and I get that there's no flashy names on on OKC, but if you really wanted to be, you know, like, be bold, get Chet Holmgren in there, right? Yeah. And I mean, like, you can make the argument, oh, if you want to see the best players, then put Wemby on there. Everybody would love know. to see Wemby. Yeah, I just don't know if he uh, he earned it this year. I mean, you're talking about 10, bad 20, teams. 20, They're in like 15. 20 and 10 and leads the league in blocks. Yeah, they're in last. Okay, okay, and we're not going to hold that, hold, you know, hold Golden State for being the 12th worst team in the West? All I'm no, saying, I'm saying if, if, I'm saying if that we're going with that mindset of, of the Golden State being 12th. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I agree. I'm just saying, like, okay, um, if we're going to go with the mindset of just get the stars in there, then, yeah, we should get Wemby in there. That's, I mean, I get what you're saying, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's about time to wrap it up. So uh, as always, we appreciate everyone listening. We are four days away from the trade deadline, which is one of the marquee dates in the NBA calendar. So 
continue to listen to us. We'll have one more on uh, Wednesday. And please read our work over at the SixersSense.com. We will be breaking down everything that's happening trade-wise, even if it's not with the Sixers, on how it impacts the Sixers. So continue to read that work and listen to us. You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere you listen to your podcast. And until next time, go Sixers. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.